the road or anywhere. Love told I didn't radio. see any. And, and then mosquitoes started eating me alive, so I came back in. It was nice and cool. I noticed that when I came back in. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe some others will show up here in a minute. Maybe they're just running late. But let's get ready and get us a songbook out. And y'all stand with me, and let's turn to number 246. Give me just a second to find that, sister. 246. Higher ground. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay. Where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound. My prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane. Then I have found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to live above the world. Those Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has caused the joyful sound. The song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. By faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I pray, still have my found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven. Table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Amen. That's my desire. I want to grow. Amen. Don't want to get stagnant. It's easy to do that, though. It's easy to just kind of relax and and quit trying to grow in the Lord and forget that you we're always to be growing. We'll never ever in this human flesh achieve a level where we need to be. We're always headed upward and onward. But anyway, it's good to be in church, amen? That's why we keep coming back, amen, because we need more. And it's good to be with you tonight in the Lord's house. Pray for those who couldn't be here. Uh, we haven't. We got any, uh, let me let me go ahead and mention uh, the list I got. I made real quick in front of me. Uh, I got a good friend, uh, and we prayed for him for a long time, Dean Usey. He was on our prayer list for a long time. He's up in uh, near New Haven, Connecticut. But anyway, he he uh, sent me a message earlier today. He said, he said, brother, please pray for me. I, and I told him I would. And then a little later, he said, I'm checking myself into the hospital. I got something wrong in my stomach. So it's pretty bad for him to check himself in. He's scared of death places like that anyway. So so pray for him. I don't know what it is, but he's been having problems for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if it was ulcers or something like that. But I just don't know. So pray. They don't know. Well, he don't know anything yet. Uh, remember to pray for uh, 
Brianna Nickerson, uh, Erica's sister. She went in to a doctor. It was routine, and they ended up being there for an hour, checking all kinds of things, and they don't know for sure what it is, but they ran some tests, and she's supposed to get back results on the 6th, so pray for her. Uh, pray for Dan um, that they get back back safe today. Uh, pray for Anya. She fell down, skinned her, skin her hands and knees, and uh, pray for both of them. Pray for Jack, Donnie and Erica's little boy. He, they said he had an earache. Pray for him and pray for Scott. Anybody else? Pray for Kyle and my foot. Yes, ma'am. Sure will. How's your mom? She's the same. It's the same. Okay. <clears throat> right. Well, we'll take that as a blessing. And I, I haven't heard it yet. I know everybody's got this on their list, but I just had a heavy burden for our church. Yeah. Amen. I 100% agree with that. And we, 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 if we all yoke together in prayer for our church and we we all put the plow to the ground and, and work toward trying to trying to reach others and trying to do everything to get better. God, God responds when we when we let we put ourselves available to Him. Somebody else? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And your niece as well, I'm sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Others? Brenda Simmons with a prayer for cancer. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anybody else? Okay. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us tonight. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Beautiful city of God, the hill of 
tempest may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life. I'm never alarmed at the overcast eyes. The master looks on in the stride, giving my faith in Jesus above. Rusting confiding in his great love. From all harm's faith in his sheltering arms, I'm living by faith. I know that he greatly will carry me through, no matter what evils beside. Why should I then care though the tempest may blow, if Jesus walks close to my side? Living my faith in Jesus above, rusting confiding in his great love. From all harm's way, even in sheltering arms, I'm living by faith and feel no alone. Amen. I don't watch the news either, but that helps too, praise God. I tell you, you talk about casting doubts, that's all they do. Amen. I'd rather read the Bible than read than, than watch the newscast because I trust. I trust. Hey, listen, I trust this anchor. Amen. <laughs> That's the anchor I trust. Amen. Praise God. I just God just showed me that right then. Amen. I trust this anchor. I don't trust my then. Hallelujah. That was good right there. That's God gave me that. I didn't come up with that one. Amen. Take your Bible tonight and turn to uh, turn to Proverbs with me. Amen. We got an anchor we can trust on the Jesus Network. Hallelujah. <coughs> yes, yes, ma'am. That's right. That's right. Proverbs chapter 16 tonight, and uh, we're going to cover seven verses, I believe. I think that's what I got scheduled. Verses 15 through 21. That sounds like seven to me. So let's go ahead. Let's go to the Lord tonight in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us, and let's ask God to, to help us to take our mind off of all the stuff that is going to interfere with the Word of God absorbing into our soul because we've surely got plenty of things we've dealt with. We've got all kinds of, of, of problems and, and tasks and all kinds of relationship issues. You know, the devil will use anything to keep you from, from getting what God has for you. So as we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, let's, let's commit ourselves to studying God's Word and hearing what he has to say and taking from it what what we can, what the Holy Spirit will give us. So let's ask God for that tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you now, and I ask you, Lord, as best I know how, Lord, to take and and do with us what you will. Lord God, we thank you for the Word of God. We know that the truth, it is the truth. And Lord, there is no truth outside the Word of God. But Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that doesn't coincide with it. Lord, I pray tonight that you would Lord, you'd open our understanding. You'd help us, Lord, to Lord, to be able to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. Lord, remove obstacles to us understanding. 
Lord, I pray, Father, you'd lay aside any prejudices in our minds toward the things that we'll hear tonight. And, Lord, make us willing recipients of your word. Holy Spirit of God, give me the words to say. Help me to frame the words, Lord, that you'll use to to change our lives and to help us. Lord, I can't do it. You have to do it through me. I'm just flesh and blood, and I can't can't do these things without you. I need you tonight. I pray tonight that you fill me with your power. Spirit of God, speak through me. Lord, I want to be a blessing to your people. So please help me now and help us all, those of us in the room and those who are be watching this by way of electronic media. Father, I just pray that, Lord, no matter where we're at, Holy Spirit of God can speak to us. Father, I just ask you please to do a work in our lives tonight. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. You know, a friend of mine said something the other day. Said that, uh, and I, and I agree with her. She said on Facebook, she said watching watching church online is kind of like having a fireplace on your TV. You can see the fire, but you can't feel the warmth. And uh, and I agree with that statement to a degree. I, I agree that you need to be in church because you can't feel the warmth of the people. And I think that's what she meant. She means when she said that. But I, I do I do want to disagree in part because uh, you can feel the warmth of God the the spirit of God is able to speak even though the service was 10 years ago or, or, or 15 years ago it makes no difference and, and I say that because I know that because I was sitting watching a TV show one night when God rung my bell louder than it's ever been rung and, and took me to the other side and showed me the other side and said alright now he's time to live for me so I know God can use TV broadcasts and electronic media, and that's why I believe in it, because I know, because he used it to get a hold of me. But but I, I do want to say this to anybody listening. You ought to come try our church out, because the people here is what makes the church what it is. And I, and I want to say that as a statement of fact. So I encourage you, if you've been thinking about visiting with us here at Temple Baptist Church, come on. The water's fine. We'll love you to death. You won't, you won't be able to... You won't be able to figure out how we love you so much. Just come on by here, and uh, we'll show you. But uh, but just come and, and, and be a part of things here, and, and God will bless you. We want to bless. That's what we're in the business of doing. We're trying to help folks. But anyway, Proverbs 16, verse 15 through 21. Verse 15 says, in the light, and we talked about the king last time. We kind of interrupted this, this, this little section on the king. So and the Bible says here, in the light of the king's countenance is light. In his fa- and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. I think that kind of goes without saying what that's trying to communicate there in the light of the king's countenance is life. If you have his approval, if you have his, his favor on you, that could mean success or, or a failure for anybody that lived in his kingdom, whether or not you have his favor. Because if a king is shining his favor upon you, you have his blessing. And if you have his blessing, then what you do is going to prosper. Because, again, you've got the king saying it's okay, and he's blessing you. And, and again, to, to have his countenance to shine on you, to give you a, to give his approval, uh, the light of the king's countenance, in other words, his approval, means that you're safe in his favor, and, and you don't have to worry about your life because he, he's got you. He's going to take care of you. And, you know, of course, we can apply that to an earthly king, but, but let's apply that to the king of kings. Amen. When when the Lord's favor is is shining upon you, man, you 
you as I say, you had the catbird seat. You know, I mean, you got all kinds of good things working your way. I mean, you can't do it wrong when God's favor is on you. That's something that you can't put a price on. Amen. These people in this world, before they if they just had God's favor for a little while, they wouldn't know what to do because they've never had it. Amen. But boy, when you have had it, you want to stay in it. Amen. It's like you have found uh, uh, the, the fountain of everything. I mean, you, uh, why get out from under it when you've got God's favor pouring down on you? Um, and the Bible said in his favor is the cloud of the latter rain. We're not familiar with that term. But there's two rains. Well, there's – let me just put it this way. When the king's approving of you, when he, when he smiles on you, it's like life-giving rain, especially the latter rain, which came at the end of growing crops, okay? that uh, you know, they, they called that the latter rain. It came right before harvest time. And, uh, again, like I said, it's especially true when we talk about the king of kings. The, the favor of his countenance is a blessing to receive. You want God's favor on your life, and it, and it gives light into your life. When God's favor is on you, your pathway is lit up. Everything ain't in darkness and foggy and a haze or not knowing what to do. When God's favor is on you, your vision's clear. You can see what's coming ahead. You can see uh, what you need to be doing. Everything is, makes sense in your life. And uh, you know, and again, if you were if you were down and out, if you were in the mother grubs, as my old preacher used to say, you get God's favor on you. Come up out of that. You can't stay down when God's smiling on you. Amen. You know, and Matthew Poole said, "As acceptable as those clouds which bring the latter rain, whereby the fruits are filled and ripened a little before harvest." Uh, that's what he. That's when he's talking about that latter rain. It's like when, right when everything's just fixing to get ripe, and boy, it rains and gets a good soaking rain. Everything just blooms. Everything ripens so good. That's what he's talking about the latter rain. When God's smiling on you, everything begins to bloom and blossom in your life, and you want that so bad, and we don't realize it, you know, until it's pointed out to us that we may not have it in our life. But this latter rain, Deuteronomy eleven fourteen, just going to give you a few verses on that. He said that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. And at the right time again, uh, in other words, the first rain and the latter rain that thou mayest gather in thy corn, thy wine, and thy oil. You need the first one and the latter one. When you plant the seed, you need the first one, right? Got to, got to get the, the germination going. And then at the end, or then the latter rain, which brings about the fruiting. So, Job twenty nine twenty three and as and they waited for me as for the rain, they opened their mouth wide as for the latter rain. James five seven be patient therefore brethren under the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandman waited waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Bruce Walkie says the early rains prepare the ground for plowing and sowing. And the latter rains provide the last bit of moisture on which the grain harvest depends. I want God's favor in my life. I, I can't live without it. Again, you talk about dry and parched. Try to live with God for a while. Try, and, I, and I say this to everybody who thinks it ain't no big deal to miss church. You, you, you're going to keep going until you get dry and parched. I, I, it don't make me no difference. Listen, it's all the same to me. 
except that I miss you when you ain't here. Okay? Again, it doesn't change me one bit one way or the other except that I know that you're not getting what you need. You know, I don't get my feelings hurt when people don't come to church. I'll think, well, they're mad at me. They want to cover, they want to, I know the devil will do anything to keep people out and keep them away because, again, he wants to keep people from receiving God's favor. Anything he can do, he will keep you from it. Listen, he wants, he wants to keep us, he wants to keep us in the dark to God's, to God's promises. He wants to keep us, uh, sheltered from God's blessing. And he, why? Because when, when he brings the devastation, the trials, uh, all the things that come into our life, then he wants to say, well, where was God? Well, where was God? Well, they forget. Well, again, I'm the one who stepped away. It wasn't God, but the devil's deceptive. He'll think he's like God was the one who stepped away from you. When, when in reality, it's always us that steps away from God. Just be careful, my friends. Be careful that you don't get tricked by the devil into blaming God for why you're in the mess you're in. Because that happens, and I've seen it happen too many times. Verse 16, how much better it is. I'm sorry, I read that backwards. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than be chosen than silver? So he's saying wisdom is better than gold. Understanding is better than silver. This world, you know, this world's full of riches. People chase after riches. I was reading reading or watching something the other day about when they found gold at Sutter's Mill in the, the 49er, back in uh, 1849, the gold rush happened. And, and, man, out there it just boomed. Everything just, just went crazy, and people came from everywhere, and it just took off like a rocket. People if people would flock to the Word of God like that? My goodness, what a different world we'd live in. If people would chase after truth and wisdom the way they chase after gold and silver. And I, and I wonder to myself, those people that died in that little flimsy submarine that went that went kaboom in the ocean the other day, and you know, what I mean, and I'm not making light of it. It's a tragedy that it's a tragedy to me that they trusted a carbon fiber tube to keep them alive at two miles down in the ocean. That was a tragedy to me. And they said they run the thing with a Nintendo controller. I don't know, I, but my soul. I, I mean, I said I get in some foreign cars it makes me nervous. I sure ain't going down in a tube underwater that deep. But you know, again, what were they going down there looking for? What were they seeking? That they would go through that much trouble to go down that and risk their lives and end up dying, vaporized, basically, by the implosion. What They risked their lives to go down there to see a wreck? And people will, there's a church on every corner practically. You can't swing a dead cat in Clarksville, Texas, they hit a church. I mean, there's a church on every corner for crying out loud. And people, people, people will just avoid God for for what? But yet they'll chase that dog. They'll do anything for stuff. Materialism it eats us alive in America. Stuff, stuff, stuff. And 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 again, people people ignore this book. Most of the time, it sits on a table or shelf somewhere, and they got magazines and books that have meaningless content stacked on top of the Word of God. Again, I'm not knocking this. There's good things in this world. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with gold and silver. I mean, I put my rings on tonight. First time I've had them on six months. My fingers finally swelled up a little bit where I could wear them. But, but gold don't mean nothing. This, these rings don't mean nothing to me. It's just it's just something on my finger. It could be plastic. It means just the same. It means nothing. Uh, listen, 
Gold, gold and silver, again, they're pretty to look at, but in the grand scheme of things, they ain't going to mean nothing. When it comes time to lay down to die, gold and silver ain't going to mean nothing to you. What matters is the relationships you build. And what matters is, is, is what, you, what you give in this life to others and how you invest yourself in others. Every now and then, every now and then God will bring somebody through my mind that he allowed me to be a blessing to sometime back in my past that I forgot about. And I, I really am thankful for that because it's easy to get down sometimes, especially as a preacher, when you ain't seen nobody saved in a while. You ain't stirred in waters of baptism in a while. You just get to feeling like my whole ministry is a flop, and God will remind you of somebody back yonder that you made a difference in their life. My wife, she went to work out there at that place uh, west of Paris. And uh, one of the drivers out there, I know him. I've known him forever, it seems like. But uh, he came in her office the other day, and she was telling him who her husband was. He said, oh, yeah. He said, "He said, uh, man, he said, uh, yeah, I know him. He said, back in, back in, I don't remember what year he told her it was, he said, he sat in the car with me out in front of a music store in Reno and shared the gospel with me. And he may not know it, he said, but I got saved that day. never been the same since. You know, I mean, and I... That, you know, you know what a blessing that was for me to hear that. You know, I mean, I did. I'm just doing what I do. I wasn't trying to be anything. But I mean, and again, I'm not saying that so you can say, "Oh, wow, preacher, aren't you great?" No, it's just wisdom to use your life for God is so much more valuable than if I'd have handed that that man a brick of gold and said, "Here, take and do whatever you want to with this." What I what I gave him because what God gave me is so much more valuable than any financial. Uh, prosperity I could have shared with that man, and and the, the and, and the blessings that have entered his life as a result of that. What what was I mean? When I shared that with him, he was on he was on methamphetamines at that time. Uh, he he got off the drugs. He said I ain't touched them since. He got married. He's got a family. Things are good in his life, and he's blessed. Now I mean I didn't do all that. All I did was crack the door and say, Hey, look what's in there. That's all. I, that's all any of us are called to do. Just crack the door and say, "Hey, look, Jesus loves you. Look what He'll do." Listen, it's better to get wisdom than gold. Better to get understanding than silver. Um, you know, we ought to make we ought to make the main pursuit of our life to gain wisdom. And, and understanding in the fear of the Lord, not just wisdom and understanding, because this world has what it calls wisdom and it has what it calls understanding, but wisdom and understanding in the fear of the Lord. To, to gain wisdom, God's wisdom, and to gain his understanding is what we're talking about. It's got far more value than gold or silver. But it often, if we have that wisdom and we have that understanding, it'll lead to prosperity. Just ha- being able, listen, because, again, God's not going to trust a fool with prosperity. Unless God wants to see that fool destroy himself because the fool can't handle it. But sometimes when, when, when God has somebody he's invested wisdom and understanding in, he'll bless them with prosperity because he knows they'll take that, that prosperity and they will use that to be a blessing and a help to other people around them and for his kingdom. First Kings 3. Five through fifty. Like I said, sometimes it leads to prosperity. The Bible talks about Solomon. It says in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, "Ask what I shall give thee." And Solomon said, 
Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child and know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy great people? What did he say? Lord, I need wisdom. I need understanding. Please, Lord, give me these things. This is what I need. And the Bible said in the speech, please the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked for this thing, and thou hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there is none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee in all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways, to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Step on that last one. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and burnt, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a feast to all of his servants. Now, again, God blessed him. You know, when I want to read that, the question jumps up in my mind. Didn't God know he was going to go astray? Yeah. Did that keep God from blessing him initially? God don't, God don't deal with us now for what we're going to do later. God deals with us now for where we're at now. And he deals with us later where we're at later. As long, here's the thing, as long as Solomon took the wisdom that God gave him and the understanding that he had, and he walked in the fear of the Lord, God blessed him. It's when he began to leave that fear of the Lord because of his wives, and he fell into the sin because of trying to please them more than to please the God, please God, he lost the fear of the Lord, and that's when he lost everything else. Verse 17, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. I mean, this is pretty simple. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. The person is upright. The man or the woman is upright. That's the person that's saved. You're not upright if you don't know the Lord Jesus. But you've been washed in the blood. You're saved by the grace of God. You've got the Spirit of God living in you. You know the Word of God is the truth. And that man or woman knows that the path of their life should move away from evil, right? That's just common sense. We're not to move towards evil. We're not to move with evil. We're to move away from evil. That's why it only makes sense to me that a child of God would say, I don't want to watch the sitcoms on TV because that's a bunch of God-hating. That's a bunch of dirty, filthy jokes and and God-hating things. I I don't want to go to the movie house and go down there with a bunch of God-hating movies that, that promote godless, godless universes and godless realities. 
where God don't factor into anything and, and sin is irrelevant, why would I want to go and spend my time there? Why do I want to chase after the world's frivolity and get caught up in the world's frivolity knowing that God wants me to get away from the evil of this world? Too many people trying to straddle the fence today and trying to keep a foot in both worlds. The Bible tells us because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The Bible tells us that, and that's what's happening. We just, we're, we're surrounded by, by wickedness. We're surrounded by evil, and, and believe me, there's not near as many people who are engaged in the behavior that we are constantly blasted with as you would believe, but the devil controls the media, and he would have you to believe that nearly everybody is caught up in this evil. That, that's going on around us, this gender confusion nonsense and the, the wickedness, the absolute pure wickedness that has been spewed at us for well over a decade now uh, on many levels, and I ain't got to go into them all. But again, we're not supposed to tolerate it. You know, again, they just wanted their rights. We just want our rights. That's all we want, just be treated safe. And now it's... Now we're going to parade it down Main Street, and you're going to like it, and you're going to love it, or we're going to cut you out of society. And that's how quick that changed. The Bible says the highway, the uprights, tell that stuff, bye-bye, I'm gone, I'm out of there. I want nothing to do with it. I'm going to separate myself from it. I'm not going to rub shoulders with that world. Amen? The highway, the upright is to depart from evil. I'm out of here. I'm taking another road. Amen? And he that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. The one who gets on the right way has his life preserved. Amen? When you get out of there and when you leave that stuff behind, you got God's guarantee. He's got he, He's taking care of you. Get out of that life. Get away from that stuff. Remove yourself totally from it and live for God. That don't mean you can't witness the people that are still in it, but we shouldn't love it. We shouldn't put a pinky toe of our life in it. Amen? I mean, really and truly, if every Christian under the sound of my voice, I'm not just talking about y'all in here, but if every Christian under the sound of my voice would really examine our life, we let the devil in the door a whole lot more than we than we realize. And we entertain him. And we're okay with it. God says, listen, to keep your way means don't let him in. Amen? Don't, don't, hey, listen, don't pick the devil up and use him as a traveling partner. I mean, I don't pick up hitchhikers. I don't know about y'all. Do y'all pick up hitchhikers? Anybody here? You pick them up? Oh, brother, you crazy. I don't, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you, you got more nerve than a holler tooth if you pick up a hitchhiker in this day and time. I wouldn't, I, I mean, <laughs> let me just put it this way. You're braver than I am. I'll put it that way. Because you don't know who you're picking up. You don't know what that person has on them. You don't know what their intentions are. And, and again, whoever you let in the car is going to affect you. And it may be in a good way. Again, it may, it may be wonderful. You may be able to witness that person. I've heard of many stories of preachers talking about picking up somebody and witnessing to them. Heard all that. That was in the 70s. Now, this is 2023. I, I know there's plenty of more unstable, crazy people in this world that will hurt you. Okay, so when you let somebody in your vehicle, you don't know what they're going to do. 
You don't know how they're going to impact and affect you. I'm using the illustration solely. But the same way goes when you turn a television on. Same way goes when you set yourself in a movie theater. When you put yourself, your consciousness, in the hands of somebody you don't know. You don't know what they're going to put in here. You don't know what they're going to throw at you. You don't know, listen, you don't know the deceptive ways the devil can get in your head. I found that I found that the devil does it real good through music. He'll get a chorus, a little tune, hook, a little hook of a song hung in your head. You can't get out. I, 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 it was a song I heard, and I'm not going to sing it because I don't want to repeat the chorus in my head. But it was it was it was a song, and it wasn't giving the devil glory at all. It was just it was a phrase in that song, and, and, and it, it was talking about boy the devil boy you you've done a good job on whatever I can't remember the the the, the phrase and other that I don't want to go through it but but that phrase got hung in my head and it was on repeat over and over bragging on the devil and I, I mean I couldn't it drove me crazy be careful what you let in because what you let in is going to hang in your heart of your memory it's going to hang in the hall of your mind it's going to be on replay on your sound system in your head be careful what you let in the highway of he that keepeth his way, in other words, he don't make stops in places that he shouldn't and entertain things he shouldn't, that person's going to keep his way. He's going to keep his soul. He'll preserve his soul, rather. Not that anything can take your take your soul away, take you to hell, anything, must say anything like that. But what we're saying is to keep it unspotted, to keep it from being under attack. Amen? Preserving it, it means keeping it, keeping it whole, keeping, again, keeping it spotless. When you when you when you make yourself subject to, to ungodly things, you're soiling yourself. You're you're hurting yourself spiritually. You're injuring yourself, and you got listen. You don't want to do that because the devil will t- he'll take anything he can to cripple you. The Bible says he walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can he devour a Christian? Yeah, can he take one to hell? No, but can he devour one? You bet. Render them useless. You bet. All you need to do is leave the door cracked enough for him to get in, and he'll run wild and tear the place to pieces. Uh, Verse 18, let's keep going. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Well, we're not quite out of pride month, are we? We've got, got, what, three days left? So I guess God thought we ought to hit it one more time. While we're here, pride goeth before destruction. I'm not going to go all up into the sodomites tonight, but I just thought I'd, I'd mention to you a few things about pride. The Bible says pride goeth before destruction, and we know that God is opposed to the proud. And that ain't just proud like like the sodomites are proud. There's plenty of people proud. There's people proud of their last name. There's people proud of, of the color of their skin. There's people proud of the town they're born in. There's people proud to be born in the South. And, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty thankful. I don't know about proud, but I'm pretty thankful of it. Amen. I'm pretty proud of being, I'm not proud, but pretty thankful to be in Texas. Amen. But listen, there's people that can get proud about a lot of things we ought not be proud about. It makes us feel like we're better than somebody else. And God's against that kind of thing. The Bible says in James 4, 6, the second half of that verse says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. The one, the one who knows that everything he has is only because God gave it to him, and there's no reason for him to be bragging. I was born into the family I was born into because God 
put me there. It wasn't my choice. I had nothing to do with it. Can't brag on my family name. God's the one put me in that family. Hey, man, everybody getting sleepy. I got to hurry. Everybody got their eyes closed. First Peter five five. Yea, all of you subject, uh, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. God says, God says, be clothed with humility. What does that mean? That means that means listen. I put on clothes so you can't see my nakedness. Okay, I put on humility so you can't see no pride. It's a purposeful thing. I had to purposefully go in the closet and find this shirt and these pants. I had to purposefully find my undergarments and my boots and everything that I have and put it on. It doesn't happen naturally. Clothes means you put it on purpose. So naturally we get up and we're proud. We have to purposefully say, Lord, help me to be humble. We have to put it on. We have to on purpose be humble. Uh, the proud man or the proud woman is an abomination to God. Again, that makes God want to vomit. And God can't stand it. Why? Because I imagine it's because, uh, you know, one of his angels in heaven, one of, the, one of them called Lucifer, uh, he, he, he stood up and said, I'm going to take over God's throne. I think I'll be like the most high. I'm going to be the top dog. I'm going to be the, the most important one. I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the mount of God. God knocked him down to the earth. Probably why God's so opposed to pride, because he saw it firsthand with the devil. Proverbs 16, 5. Every, we saw this earlier two weeks ago. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Uh, though hand join in a hand, he shall not be unpunished. With God so set against the proud, it's no wonder that pride goes before destruction. A fellow by the name of Derek Kidner said the special evil of pride is that it opposes the first principle of wisdom, which is the fear of the Lord. It goes right against it. And the two great commandments, to love God more than anybody else and to love your neighbors yourself, goes against those two things. John Trapp said a bulging wall is near a downfall. Swelling is a dangerous symptom in the body, and so is pride in the soul. And a haughty spirit before a fall. One of the ways that pride shows up is in a haughty spirit. Like I said a while ago, when we get that superiority attitude over other people, people that think they're higher up than other people are just simply easier to fall because they're up too high. They're on their high horse and they get out off of it. Ain't none of us any better than others. I've said so many times, we ain't nothing but dirt and moisture held together by the grace of God. That's it. If you don't believe me, just just watch something when it dies. It don't get prettier. It rots because the true, our true nature starts to show pretty quick when the life leaves. Um, a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverb gives the strong impression of saying the same thing twice. In this way, the truth is underscored and clarified. The proud are defined more precisely as the haughty in spirit. I, I, I don't like being around somebody with a haughty attitude. Boy, it's very un, unpleasant. Somebody just, they, you just, they just, everything they do and say is putting you down, trying to seem like they're better. That's, a, that's an unpleasant person to be around. And God doesn't like it either, amen? Verse 19, better is, better it is. 
to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So God's off on this pride, off on the pride and 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 and, and humbleness. So let's see what he's got to say here. All right, so it's better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly. Again, because pride's an abomination, it's pretty obvious, and it leads to destruction. So yeah, it's better to it's better to be of a humble spirit. It, it isn't bad to live among the lowly and have a humble spirit. It's a whole lot better to live among the lowly and to have a humble spirit than to be destroyed. I would definitely say so. Then to divide. And here it says then to divide the spoil proud. So living a humble life, not being no big deal, just living a humble life and enjoying your life among the lowly is better than having reward, which I looked up the word reward there in the, in the Hebrew, and it means prey, plunder, spoil, or booty. So what you took in war, I guess, what you took in your, your venture, whatever, and among the proud. Again, can you imagine... Being all in company with some proud, haughty people, and 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 and, and, and getting a, an amount of something—I mean, through your conquest or whatever—you you come back with your treasure and whatever. Now you got to divide it up with these proud, haughty people. It get nasty in that room. I can tell you right now. When people start divvying things up, I can—I figure it's probably like the back room after a Benny Hinn show. You know, they, they probably they probably get pretty pretty. Uh, Touchy with one another over the money they took in. I don't know. I don't. I never. I have no idea what that's like. But I assume it's something of that nature. Uh, God forgive me for that, Richard. It'll be all right. <laughs> but uh, John Trapp said, "A humble worth is a humble man is worth his weight in gold. He has far more comfort in his losses than proud giants having their pillaging and robberies." I believe that's true. You know what? Man, he ain't got a whole lot in the bank. And he ain't got a whole lot in his billfold. He can lay his head on the pillow and sleep like a rock. And I guarantee you, them people, them people that are billionaires to this country, they're constantly looking out their windows, worried about something coming up on them. They're always checking this, checking that, afraid somebody's stealing something, taking something. They're always concerned that somebody's going to take advantage of them. I guarantee you, they got stuff. They got stuff in places they don't even know where they got it. They got so much money, and trying to keep up with that, that make a man a nervous wreck. Because when you got it in too many places, you can't keep your eye on all of it at one time. So you'll lay there at night and can't sleep because you don't know where all your investments are and how they're all doing, and you can't keep track of it all. My goodness, I, I'm glad I don't have any problems. Hey, Amen. I still eat good, too, you know. I eat real good. I eat better than I should, probably. And I ain't got two. I, I mean, listen, compared to some people in this world, I ain't got two nickels to rub together. But you know what? God take care of me. Hey, Amen. And I sleep good, too. Hey, Amen. I really do. I sleep good. Uh, verse 20, he that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. He that handleth, matter, handleth a matter wisely shall find good. In other words, you do things right, you obey God, obedience to God, handle the matter wisely, to heed God's word and to do it wisely, to follow him, is always going to bring good in your life. You, you'll never, ever say, boy, I wish I hadn't done what God said. That's a mistake. Nobody's ever uttered those words. If they had, they was a fool. But but it, this thought also suggests that there's an unway, I'm sorry, unway, I read that wrong, an unwise or a foolish way to heed God's word. 
You say, how in the world could there be an unwise or a foolish way to heed God's word? Well, I think back to the scribes and the Pharisees back in Jesus' day. What did he tell them? Y'all strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. But they were ticky-tack followers of the word, right? You can, you can honestly heed the word wrong. Matthew 23, 23 and 24, Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted, omitted rather the weightier matters of the law, mercy, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone, ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Now, why did he say that to them? Because they did not know the one they claimed to obey. They were obeying words on a page, and they didn't know the one who spoke the words, even though they claimed to, because they missed his son who he sent completely. And there are plenty of people out there who do not believe that the salvation that God promises is through the blood, through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They try to say it's through church membership, it's through the water and the baptistry, it's through some kind of supernatural experience you've had, it's through you working and getting yourself there by taking sacraments of a church or belonging to this church or all those things. Those people have the Word of God in their hand, too. And they'll try to preach it to you and tell you this, that, and other. But I'm going to tell you something. They're heeding the Word without knowing the one who wrote it. And you can do it wrong. You've got to know him. Amen? I, I remember somebody telling me that they were talking to a Catholic and talking about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that Catholic laughed in their face. You can't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they said. That's the that's, that's biggest error of the Catholic Church. They insert the priesthood in there, and they cut they cut the believer away from his personal priesthood that he has. We, I mean, listen, I believe in the priesthood of the believer. I don't need somebody to stand between me and God. I go straight to God, amen, because Jesus, he, he, he's the one who ripped the veil. Hey, because his death, the veil's ripped down, and down from top to bottom, and the Holy of Holies is open, and I'm, I have full access to God, amen? Praise God. I'm thankful I know the truth, y'all, amen, and I wish everybody, I wish every Catholic in the world knew the truth. Amen. The Bible said, Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. I know that to be true from experience. Amen. And not only from my own personal experience, but from the experience of knowing countless Christians over the years. Most of them older saints of God who went on to glory. And I can tell you, most of every one of them saints of God that I've known over the years, they would all tell you, listen, I, I've never been happier than since I've trusted Christ as my Savior and began walking with him. Every single one of them would tell you that. The good that the obedient will find comes because they have a true, confident trust in God, because they have been obedient and God never let them down. They happily and calmly attest in the good God who loves and cares for them. Let me read you this story real quick that Charles Spurgeon told. We're, about, we're almost done. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, I read the story of an old doctor in the church who going out one morning met a beggar. And he said to him, he said, I wish you a good day, sir. He said, sir, I've never had an ill day in my life. But, said the doctor, your clothes are torn to rags and your wallet seems to be exceedingly empty. Said he, my clothes are as good as God wills them to be, and my wallet is as full as the Lord has been pleased to make it. 
and what pleases him pleases me. But, said the doctor, suppose God should cast you into hell. Indeed, sir, said he, but that would never be. For if it were, I would be contented, for I have two long and strong arms, faith and love, and I would throw those around the neck of my Savior, and I would never let him go, so that if I went there, he would be with me, and I would it would be a heaven to me. Oh, those two strong arms of faith and love, you can... If you can but hang them about the Savior's neck, indeed, you may fear no ill weather. Amen? Again, I can't go to hell, but if I did go to hell, God would have to go with me. Amen? Because he came in to live in me, and he said he was never going to leave me nor forsake me. Amen? And like he said, it, it would be heaven to me because he'd be there with me. So I'm, I'm, I don't fear that. Amen? Praise God. And ain't no way I'm going. Verse 21, and we're done. Yeah, the wise in heart shall be called prudent. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. The wise shall be in heart shall be called prudent. Those who are wise, I mean, if you're wise in your heart, it's going to show up in your life. You can't hide it. You got wisdom hid down in you. It's going to come out of you. I mean, just like that. Just to the opposite. If you got stupidity in you, it's going to come out too. You can't hide that either. You're going to do dumb things. But if you got wisdom in you, it's going to show in your actions. It's going to show in your words. It's going to show in how you treat other people. You know, people who have who are wise, they don't have to advertise their wisdom. They don't have to hey, I'm wise. I mean, they don't have to do that. People know it. Again, others see it in them. And, and they call him a wise person. That's somebody you ought to get to know right there. That person, you, you, ought, to, you ought to talk to them sometime. And, again, it's another reminder that true wisdom is demonstrated. It's not just having good thoughts in your mind. Wisdom ain't just sitting there looking at things and saying, hmm, how can I figure this out? Wisdom is, wisdom is life applied. It's, it's, it's when, you, when you've got the truth of God in you and the Holy Spirit takes it outside the body and, and shows it to somebody else through your actions. Wisdom's value lies in its application. Otherwise, it's just locked up in your head and ain't doing anybody any good. And again, God didn't give you anything just to keep for yourself. God, What God gives you, he intends for you to share with others. The truth is, for, is, is to share. Truth, truth ain't for sale. The truth's free. And we're to give it away. But the second half of that verse, and we're done. And the sweetness of the lips increases the learning. The sweetness of the lips, that sounds like it has something to do with something other than wisdom, but it ain't got nothing to do with it. It don't have anything to do with tasting good food and having something sweet on your lips, and it don't have nothing to do with giving kisses, neither. The sweetness of the lips. Uh, I got to thinking about it. I was reading that. Maybe Jim Reeves got the idea for a song from that, reckon. The sweet lips. I don't know, but. But anyway, the sweetness of the lips is referring to the things you speak, sweet words, things that help and bless, uh, knowing the right word. You know, again, what is that verse about uh, apples of gold and pictures, a word fitly spoken is as apples of gold in pictures of silver. So it's beautiful when you say the right thing at the right time. That's what we're talking about, the sweetness of the lips. That comes from having a wise heart. Again, 
you have the wisdom of God dwelling in your bosom. And when somebody needs a word of encouragement, a word of uplifting, a word of comfort, you know the right thing to say at the right time. And it's not because you're such a such a brilliant person and just have the world's greatest eloquence. No, it's because the creator of the universe dwells in your bosom and he has imparted to you his wisdom to give to his creature who he knows is hurting and needs that at that time. And when we say wise things, it, it increases learning, not just not just for the person who hears it, but it helps us. It reinforces what we already know when we say it. it, we, it we just hearing the words come out into the ether, it helps us, and it, it encourages us just as much as it does them. The sweetness of the lips, Matthew Poole said, eloquence added to wisdom, the faculty of expressing a man's mind fitly and freely and acceptably. I, that's what I want. I want. I want to be the kind of a person that when, when God sends somebody my way, I don't want to be, well, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, uh, I, let, me, let me see if I can help find out an answer somewhere. No, I want to be the kind of person that when somebody comes to me with a problem, immediately the Spirit of God is able to draw from what I've learned in the Word of God and bring those things to my mind so that I'm able to give them a verse of Scripture and some truth based on that Scripture immediately that would be just like somebody, just like a child coming in screaming with a cut and Mama taking some medicine and applying it directly to the wound and suddenly everything's better. Amen? That's exactly how I want to take the Word of God and that's exactly how every Christian ought to be. We ought to be like a triage unit with the Word of God everywhere we go. And when somebody's spiritually injured, we ought to be able to immediately apply first aid with the Word of God. Let's stand together. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Let's ask God to bless us and help us as we go out into this old world and and to use what, what he gives us for his glory. Because he doesn't give it he doesn't give us truth so we can just go out of here and grin at one another. He gives us truth so we can go out here into the into this battlefield and take help to those who are who are who are taking licks from the enemy. I mean, we got brothers and sisters out there who are who are neck deep in the battle, and some of them are, are are about to go down, and we need to be there to uplift them. There are people all around us that the enemy has nearly overtaken, and we can, we can go to them and give them words of encouragement, those words, those fitly spoken words to help them in their time of need. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, and let's ask God to, to bless us as we go from here and take care of us and bring us back here safely into the house of God on Sunday, and you pray for everybody that's not here tonight, that they'll be here Sunday. Pray for pray for everybody. We all need it. Let's lift one another up in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, and uh, Richard dismisses.